Welcome to Disregard That. Welcome. Sup, bitch. What? <laughs> um, the Come Follow Me is split into like four different sections. I can't count. No, yep. I did. I counted right. So the first one is the Lord wants me to magnify my calling. Second is the Lord delights in chastity. Three, I can be reconciled to God through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And four, I can avoid spiritual blindness by focusing on the Savior. Um, I have a major gigantic bone to pick with that one. Um, that's uh, fo- that, that last one is typically focusing on chapter four, Jacob chapter four, or book four, or whatever. Right. Um, here's the thing. Uh, down at the bottom, it says, looking beyond the mark. It references the Enzyme March 2003. Um, looking beyond the mark by elder Quentin L cook. Um, I went and looked at that and he basically explains what spiritual blindness means and how, how, how it happens and references consistently references, uh, Jacob for throughout, um, his, his piece. Okay. Um, what is his, uh, understanding of what that means? Well, let's, let's go through the other three Parts, the chastity, right. uh, reconciled Circle through God, back to it. and then magnify my calling. Because that last one, man, I've got a lot to say. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so on their first point, uh, what what jumps out on you? The Lord wants me to magnify my calling. They're specifically pointing out um, Jacob 1, 6 through 8, 15 through 19, and Jacob 2, 1 through 11. Did any of those... Um. It's not really too averse or uh, it's, it, 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 I think it's a no reasonable thing to say. And maybe the thing I'm going to have a contention with is a bit nitpicky. But I think the one thing that kind of stands out to me is um, why, <laughs> right? <laughs> why would we, what is the reason behind trying to strive harder and harder for this in weird goal? Um, Heaven? Well of trying to follow the commandments, trying to not oh. sin, trying to um teach others about it, right? Trying to bring bring the mm. cuz I believe the reference to the actual verse in Jacob is um few times he's saying they're trying to teach the Lamanites, they're they they're they it's brought to their attention that these Lamanites, the Nephites are like, "Oh no, the Lamanites have gone astray off the path. We need yeah. to really work hard to to teach them about the right ways to do things. Mm. And um, I don't know how legal or how okay it is to bring things up from the Bible because that's always suspect, right? Well, um, I mean... Because you can just... I see... As far as is it translated New Testament correctly, or Old right? Testament? Both. Um, there's, so there's a verse in Numbers and a verse in Romans. Let's, let's talk about that. But essentially, um, together what they say is... Uh, an ignorant sin is not as bad as an intentional sin. That's the verse in Numbers fifteen twenty seven. I can read the actual verse. That, that if you doesn't want. sound too insane. That sounds right. pretty reasonable. Sounds... I, I think most. Yeah, I agree. It's very reasonable. Um, if the if the let's put it like this, if the Book of Mormon has anything against that principle, 
Um, that would that, be a ooh, bit of a red flag. <laughs> that'd be a major red flag. Like if you're just accidentally doing harm when you really, really think you're doing good, and then yeah. you go to hell or something, that seems not okay. Um, right. So I, I think it is reasonable that there is something to be said when you're not aware of what you're doing is wrong. It's, you know, you easier to forgive. Um, yeah. And, yeah. You know, you're totally. not really as much to blame. And I, I personally agree with that. Yeah. Um, for different reasons, but I agree that, um, you know, intentionality is a huge part of the equation of yeah, goodness. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, and then the second one in Roman... I, I kind of want to read this one because it's worded interestingly. Go for Romans 14, um, 14, 14, it says, I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus, and there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. And you might not, it might not be immediately clear what that's saying, but it's, the way I'm taking it is, even if Christ thinks what you're doing is right or by God's standards, you're doing a good deed. But if you think that good deed is actually a bad deed, then it is a bad deed, which is the, the other side of the coin of the, the saying that, wait, what was this verse again? I want to read it myself. I know. And am persuaded what? by the Lord Jesus. Wait, what was the verse? Oh, number? Roman 14, 14 Romans 14, 14. Um, it's the other side of intentionality, right? Where on the one side, or on the one hand, if you don't know something's wrong and you're doing it, it's not really as bad or not judged, it judged in a different light potentially. And on the other side, if you think something is wrong, but it is actually not wrong, it's a good thing to do, but you think yeah. um, doing charity work is you know evil and sure gonna yeah. bring the world down or something whatever it is then it's actually wrong um as as the verse says or unclean it, yeah um and it, it says it in a few different ways throughout these verses that i think it, it's pretty clear that it's saying um you know if, if it's really about intentionality that's kind of what i take from those two verses together it's it's yeah. more so your intentions, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, especially looking at uh, fourteen twelve Romans fourteen twelve. So then, every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. So right. that really sounds like God isn't so much telling you what you did as you are. Right. So, yeah. So bringing it back around to my initial point, this might be a bit nitpicky, but it's interesting to kind of think that um, if someone lives a life of ignorance and they've never heard of the true church or the right god or any of that they have mm -hmm. no idea what sin even means they're just living their life yeah know? generally yeah. people aim to be kind of good people um generally that's maybe not quite generally but whatever um point is if you didn't tell them anything and in their head if they thought they were doing right even if they were sinning um by god's standard then it seems like you'd be doing them harm by making them aware that there is this higher standard they need to live by because then they're knowledgeable about it. And then they're no longer, uh, they can no longer claim they were ignorant of, yeah. you know, it's kind of yeah, like you're, yeah. you're damning someone or making it more likely that they will be damned and go to hell when you 
are teaching them of Christ. Well, especially if you teach them and they can't follow through. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think what I know anyways is I think my mom asked my grandpa that or something along those lines. Like, why should we, should we preach to the people who don't know? Because then I know I've had that conversation with my mom and it's the same worry. Like, wait, yeah, I, it I seems like it'd be better off not to tell people. Right, and there's a joke I heard forever ago. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it's basically this uh, missionary is preaching to someone, um, and I think it's like just a Catholic missionary or something. Mm-hmm. They're preaching to someone somewhere who doesn't know, and he's just asking, probing these questions. He's like, so what you're telling me is if I didn't know about this, then I would just go to heaven. And the preacher's like, yeah. And he's like, so then why are you teaching me this? And it's, yeah, it really is kind of this weird thing that isn't it just better to be ignorant? And yeah, aren't you kind of doing harm by telling someone because then you're just making them at a higher risk of going to hell. And yeah, and so this is where I think maybe people who are Mormon would disagree with that kind of doctrine from the Bible. Uh, cause I haven't heard that from, from Mormons. It, I mean, especially with the amount of missionaries they send out. Um, right. Well, and again, the in Catholics the book of Mormon, really do it does directly say, um, you should, you know, try to do your calling better in, you know, some yeah. words you should try to preach about Christ. You should share it with people. It, so it is saying directly from the book that you should basically be a missionary. You should right. do your best to bring people to Christ. And on um, top of that. At least with what people believe, maybe it's hard to base this in the Book of Mormon based on what we've read about hell and all that stuff. But what they believe is that everyone's going to get saved. Right. And there isn't like a punishment for knowing. There's just a potential for getting to a better place for knowing and following through. Yeah. And yeah, so I I don't think if I was legitimately someone who internally believed all of this, I wouldn't care about that those two yeah. potential issues and yeah. I would just be like, Oh, that's fine. We're, like surely it's better to just have someone be the best they can be instead of, right. You know, I, you're not really looking at the risk potential behind that, but I just think it, yeah, yeah. from an outside perspective, it's interesting to put that and realize that, that that's a thing that kind of by doing God's work, you're also potentially harming people. It's sure. a weird kind of relationship between, um, how that plays out. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But anyway, like I said, that's kind of a smaller point. I just thought it was interesting, you know, worth bringing up. Sure. So anyway, we can move on to the next one, if you will. Yeah, and I mean, the the magnifying my calling, I think Jesus went around preaching, so yeah, we ought to, too. I think that's what they're trying to get at with that whole section. Right. I, is... I totally agree. Again, like from an internal perspective, sure. Yeah. It's just kind of a weird nuance. Also, and I think we may have brought this up or touched on it in previous episodes, but how does Jacob know Jesus' name? Because this is like 500 or 400 years prior to Jesus. What? Hmm. So how do they know so much about him being crucified and all that? That's what I'm kind of confused about. Is God like telling them because they're not evil like the Jews in israel at the time like i'm i'm really not sure um it's just weird to me that it's like wait they're giving them a lot of information about jesus 500 years before he shows up yeah that's 
Like they're already saying we need to be atoned in his name or whatever. Yeah. As if they have uh, insider knowledge to the entirety of God's plan, right? And they know all the nuances after the fact. Um, Yeah. Which, I mean, there, there is, is fine. Nephi himself did supposedly have, well, and uh, Lehi, right? I think yeah. They both did. They had loads of visions about and, and Jacob, things that would I'm happen. Sure. Yeah, so it makes sense, but they don't write about it too much. Well, uh, I guess they do. I don't know. They They do, but it's just weird to me that, like, the other prophets, like Moses, who wasn't, like, a corrupt Jew... At the time of Jesus, right? Yeah. It seems like he would have said something like that. Right. Why didn't he get similar visions or something? Yeah, why wasn't there any mention? I mean, of course, the Bible is suspect, not. Yeah, it's suspect. But... So they just removed every mention of Jesus from it? That, that, that from seems every more copy suspect. ever? <laughs> it seems more of an issue. Yeah, I don't know. That is that is an interesting thought. Anyways, um, I just noticed that because he keeps he he keeps bringing up Jesus. Yeah. Um, okay, and then what's uh, the what's the first time he brings him up? Do you know where? The first time? No, I don't. I don't have a specific verse to it. Okay. But I'm sure if we just browse real quick, he probably says, uh, "For Christ's sake." There we go. Verse four, and then he says again. We knew of Christ and his kingdom, which should come. Hmm. Um, and it yeah. says through revelation and prophecy, I guess what I'm saying is I, I get that they have a connection with God. I get that part. What yeah. I'm saying is didn't other people have a connection to God? And why didn't God? I don't get why it was revealed yeah. at why one point to one people. Why is this the first mention yeah. of it when loads of prophets have been happening prior to this? Right. And, and it's just this arbitrary, like, it's so far out, it couldn't be anything more than arbitrary, like 544 years B.C. Yeah, I mean, um, I, like, it, it's and, and meanwhile, Moses was just slaughtering 3,000 people for worshiping a golden calf. Yeah. It wasn't saying, like, <laughs> atone in Christ. I mean, that right. wasn't going to happen yet, but, again, anyone Jacob is directly talking to, they're really? 500 years out. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, it's just, it's not like... It's not. It's more of just like what is a going... massive issue. It's just no. another kind of. When you look at it, it's it's weird and confusing. And why that way? Why not a different yeah. way? Surely it would have been better to tell the first prophet, whoever that may have been. I to... guess, but that wasn't really according to God's plan. But if God's plan then... is as the Bible teaches, then God's plan is actually evil. Well, if God's plan wasn't to give the first person. It's, again, just like this arbitrary, well, clearly you're okay with giving some prophet before Christ information on Christ and the yeah. true plan, so why not the first? Right. And like, why Why are you holding back until then? What's significant about Nephi and Lehi and Jacob, right? On the other hand, and I'm just throwing this out there because I think people are going to be thinking it. Right. On the other hand, this would be consistent. So it's confusing if we look at it from, like, Jacob, Lehi, Nephi are doing this 600 years before Christ. It's not nearly as confusing if we think of Joseph Smith just making this all up. (laughs) Right? Like, it actually is like, oh, no, yeah, he was a Christian and had been taught about Christ. Yeah, he's going to inject that all over the place. Yeah, this fits in with his worldview. And I'm not necessarily, he's, I'm not saying, like, he was 
contriving or manipulating in doing this. I'm just saying this is what he believed and he believed in Christ. And so even if he was doing this honestly, like he would have had that natural kind of slant towards yeah, yeah. his worldview and exactly. So seen. it's a lot less confusing. Yeah. If we look at it like that, it's very confusing from the other perspective though. I don't get it. Um, yeah, it is just this kind of weird night and day distinction between stuff that happens in the Bible and the Book of Mormon. While being very similar on many fronts, it's also, hold up, why do these guys in the Book of Mormon have information on Christ? It's similar to the New Testament, but this is... Right, this is before. Pre. Yeah. This is Old Testament. Again, 544 era. to 421 yeah. BC is when Jacob 1 is alleged to happen. Yeah. Um. Anyways, that was, that was just another thing I wanted to point out. Uh, now let's get into the more meaty stuff. Let's, let's bite into that. Uh, and I know this was a part you were freaking out in the notes you were taking, uh, the chastity section. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, uh, there's a uh, chastity, man. It's just really, really weird to me, the whole concept yes. of it. And maybe I'm too much of a hippie deep down or something that I just don't get marriage in general, but the first thing that bothers me is he really, really, really hates whores. He mentions that a few times. He so hates whores. Ha he hates whoredoms. I think that's different from a whore, though. Oh, okay. How so? Well, so and, and I do. There is a footnote for that, right? Well, a lot of this is I'm just picking up from the context of the verses. So let me see if I can find where it was. Behold, David and Solomon. Uh, sorry, this is Jacob two twenty four. Okay. Behold. David and Solomon truly had many wives and concubines, uh, which thing was abominable before me, saith the Lord. So it was them, in my mind, the way I'm reading this, it was them having many wives that was the thing that was abominable. And again, in the previous verse, verse 23, it says... Sure. Um, well, and... Yeah. Sorry to cut you off, but that's kind of the idea of a whore, right? Is doesn't matter if they're a wife or not. It's just you have multiple sex partners. Um, oh, 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 oh. Sorry, I was being sexist. You're saying God hates David and Solomon. They were the whores. Oh, anyone who has multiple... Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, That that's kind of how I was reading oh. into it. Like, no matter how it works, someone I... who has multiple sex partners is a whore. Well, because I don't um, think the women in this scenario have multiple sex partners. Yeah, so I don't think he... And it's mentioned a few times that um, when when the Nephites are preaching to the, the Lamanites, they're saying these innocent women and children that you men have been oh. tarnishing their name and they're, they're like, they, they are not okay with this. They shouldn't be okay with this. God isn't okay with this. It's the men that are being prideful and have whoredoms and all this stuff. See... That, that's the not okay thing. See, this just shows that I'm conditioned by society and oh, not, yeah, not thinking that men could be whores. But clearly... Yeah, they are the whores. Clearly I think, that's what example. God is... Wow. <laughs> Which is interesting. Kind I like of cool, it. but also kind I of... I like it weird stop being whores yeah king david don't care who you are you have multiple and it's good to be consistent like it's refreshingly consistent sure of them yeah to that's, point it out when men do it right that's fair um, um and then in verse 28 he does delight in the chastity of women um god god delights in the chastity of women which yeah i, I don't just that statement 
And obviously there's a broader context you have to insert it into, but that statement is, to me, weird. <laughs> you have this omnipotent, omnipotent, um, omniscient, uh, like this God, and he really, really cares about what you're doing in bed. And he really, really, really wants well, it's not you just in bed. to be a virgin. He loves yes. virgins. Which I... But he also loves murder. <laughs> virgins and murder. It's this weird juxtaposition of what this the best, most powerful being in the universe is really concerned about. Yeah. <laughs> kill some people when I tell you to, but don't kill others when I don't tell you to. Right. Unless they eat shrimp. Then kill them. I don't need to tell you directly. Just <laughs> And only have sex. And this is kind of where the marriage thing for me is weird because it's it's not about... We have examples from the Bible where, you know, marriage can be this fluid thing where you can get a yeah. divorce and remarry. And yeah. As long as it really comes down to it's sanctioned by God. And God is like, yeah, right. thumbs up for me, bro. Go for it. Yeah. So it's there's no difference between a whoredom and someone getting divorced and married and divorced and married again and just having sex with all the same people, the, the difference being God gave the thumbs up. So again, like the same thing you're just mentioning with murder, like it's not okay when God doesn't say, but it is okay when God says, it really comes back to this obedience thing. Like it yeah. doesn't matter. The act itself isn't wrong. Right. Having sex with a bunch of different people isn't wrong. It's just you have to get God's permission, get married each time before you do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, there's just so many weirdnesses to it. And then also, you have that one example in the Bible. Um, I don't know. We maybe shouldn't get too deep into this, but I'll just briefly mention it. In Genesis, um, Genesis 38-9, where... Oh, let me pull it up, because I don't remember the exact names behind these people. I have most of the other things bookmarked in the app, but not that one for some reason. Okay, so you've got Onan. Er, Er who takes a wife. This guy, he's the son of Judah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then for whatever reason, Judah or Lord slays him. It doesn't matter why or any of that stuff, but then Onan has to go and be a wife with Er's brother or Er is the brother of Onan, but he has to go wife his recently deceased brother's (laughs) wife. So he's marrying his sister-in-law? Marrying his sister-in-law and is supposed to have a child with her. Okay. And he refuses and just, to be brunt, he spunks on the floor instead. Oh. <laughs> God does not like this and slays him. Oh. <laughs> right? And so in my mind, that is the example or kind of the definition of a whore minus the it was sanctioned by God, right? Um, you have this example of someone is having sex with a woman uh-huh. and then someone's brother then is going to have sex with a woman. So the woman is now, would be a whore if this were to happen, right? Sure. So if, Under certain definitions of the term. Yeah, right. That's despite fair. the fact that God is okay with it. Yeah, yeah. But barring that, it's basically she's a whore. I mean, sleeping with your brother-in-law, not looked kindly upon. Yeah, well, 
but in this case, God wants it. Sure, but Odin sure, is sure. like, that's wrong. I'm just going to, you know, masturbate over here in the corner and not do my yeah. sister-in-law because that's weird. And God doesn't want So it's better to lie thy seed in the belly of a whore than to spill it on the ground. Like, Wait. <laughs> I thought it was the other... What is that? God would rather you... What? Have sex with a whore. Yeah. Although... No, yeah. That's the verse. Yeah, I, I. Wait, so. And again, I don't want wow. to get too far into that. That's probably an uncharitable yeah. interpretation, but eh. without the, like, I eh. think when you spin it like that, this woman is essentially a whore, despite this the is fact the God... that God is okay with it, and yeah. so, God wants people to have sex with her. And this is and the Old Testament. So at the very yeah. least, they could just say, "Well, that's the Old Testament. Blah, we don't care." Blah. Right. Nah, nah, this... nah, nah. Yeah, it's still just this weirdness with. I don't know, just sexual, yeah. sexual weirdness. No, it's super People weird. are weird about sex. Very it's super weird. weird. Sex. And, um, and, and God really is very concerned about it as well. <laughs> and we can kind of, there's two ways to look at it. This is all from God, in which it's like, what? Or this is all from a bunch of men, in which it's like, oh, okay, now this all makes oh, yeah. more sense. It's a bunch of weirdos in the desert. Yeah. Okay, this this is... <laughs> like, it's not confusing when you look at it like that. Right, well... And it, Kind of, though. There is this thing where we have direct example of the man himself, Joseph Smith, is yeah. writing this. Whether he made it up or not, he's writing these words and he's saying, God hates a whoredom. Uh-huh. Right? But then, How he many himself he proceeds to have a whoredom. <laughs> so, uh... So, it's almost as if he's hoarding. <laughs> Just want anyone else to do it. And actually... This is going to get into the more gray area of what people would super reject if they're in Mormonism. But there are accounts, people, like, there are women's diaries. I don't want to get too much into this because other people have gone off on this and gone over these things. And you should go find those people to talk about them. Right. But there are examples of Joseph Smith among his wives. They kept diaries. And basically, some of the things he would do is he would send men to go off on missions elsewhere and then take their wives for his own <laughs> like well they needed as if it was a, a moral necessity that you know i'm protect but really he was just banging his order like no one said he was banging them. oh well the diaries of these women oh the, sure women, the women they said, have accounts oh, of okay. yeah i'm basically being raped and oh does that include the 14 year old I don't, I don't know which, I don't know the particulars or specifics okay. of who kept diaries and whatnot. I just know there were a couple sure. women did keep diaries. And so that would be perfectly in line with what we know about FLDS around Southern Utah mm-hmm. and the Warren Yeah, that Jeffs. is their whole claim to fame that, like, the church is just trying to sweep that under the rug, but Joseph Smith was doing it, so it should be good. And supposedly kind of, yeah. they changed the Book of Mormon and they have, like, an altered version of the Book of Mormon, blah, blah, blah. But Again, I don't want to get too far into that. Yeah. Like it's well, but, deeper... but it is interesting to point out that the Book of Mormon clearly says don't have a bunch of wives. And then all the founders of the church had a bunch of wives. Right. Again, it makes it's more weird. sense. Like when you put it in the context, they're kind of just setting up this doctrine to play into what they want. Yeah. You, sir, don't have much wives, but that means more for me. <laughs> right. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but so chastity, no horse. Clearly, the, the the men were horse. 
Um, yeah, and God hates them. <laughs> which is, I, I actually, calling the men whores and saying that God hates them, I don't have a problem with that. Guys who are raping lots of women, totally chill. Oh, yeah, no. Totally like, chill with that. To me, I like that standard. Um, well, kind of, right? If it's all consensual, I'm I'm cool with it. But if, if they yeah. are just, like... I don't know the actual definition of a concubine. I don't know if it's, it's a sex entails it's that a they're sex forced life. into it. I mean, I guess you could have a willing slave, but that you, uh, it, it, that kind of defeats the purpose point. of a slave. Yeah, you're a wife. So it's the same thing with a concubine. You could yeah, have a no. willing concubine, but it doesn't really matter. They're a concubine. They're, um, yeah. Yep. So it is super rapey. Like, even if they're consenting, it's not like there was ever a point. Like, if they decided to stop consenting... But then it would just become rape. So yeah, it's like, it's like if someone started raping you, and then halfway through you're like, oh, "Okay, actually, I'm okay with this." It's like, it, well, they're still raping you. Yeah. They're still a rapist. Um, yes, you're weird, and maybe I need to see a, a, a mental health therapist or something. I mean, you probably do when you get raped, anyways. Yeah, just for your own health. But definitely consent. Yeah. Well, what is that called? It's, it's not a, it's an the option. One, it's the one syndrome. Uh, when you the kidnapper. Yeah. Wow. What's the name for it? When you you basically start really stockholm syndrome stockholm syndrome yeah um yeah 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 you, generally that means you're messed up <laughs> and it's not necessarily your fault no you probably went through you're something horribly traumatic yeah and you definitely need to seek right advice. but the point is if if uh you don't have an option even if right. you're okay with it it's basically rape yeah mm-hmm. um the option needs to be a thing so yeah not cool with concubines but I am cool with, you know, having sex with multiple people. I think that, as, yeah. Again, as long as it's consensual. Why do you need God's approval if you 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 know? There's no difference between what you're doing and I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. <sighs> Frustrating and confusing and. It's. What did you say? Frustrating and confusing. Yes. <laughs> just we're gonna just. Remember that I said that. I, We're going to get to that. I know in a exactly where you're going with that. But yeah, uh, put a pin in it. All so right. what was the next? Uh, the third point? one is I can be reconciled to God through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Again, he knows a lot about how this works before Christ even shows up and starts telling people things. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is really weird. Just saying. But also... I, I don't know that there's ne necessarily anything super interesting to say right there. It's just... I mean, that's yeah. pretty standard Christian doctrine. Kind of hard Yeah, the only thing I could bring up would be... It's just why, again... Like, you have these weird facets of this plan. Like, it's we kind of mentioned before. It's just plan. why. Yeah. Why do you need someone else to get... Basically, kind of murdered, but then unmurdered. Well, and if that uh, is the case, uh, and well, I've heard Matt Dillahunty talk about this a lot, someone else paying the price for your quick, sins. If you yeah. haven't heard of Matt Dillahunty, you should super check him out. Yes, he's an amazing man. He's one amazing. of my favorite people. Um, he he does the atheist experience. Yep, televised show. It's also a podcast, also YouTube stuff. But yeah, super worth Google. Spend some time checking him out. He's way better than <laughs> anything we'll probably oh, say. Yeah. Oh, for he, sure. He is just the best at destroying everything. <laughs> well, and, and he does it in a, in a way that I feel like pretty much anyone can understand. He knows how to talk to people yeah. without being too philosophical. He will cut the crap 
like get straight to the point like yeah. all right stop dancing around in circles i'm gonna hold you down yeah. and ask you the questions that really matter here yeah and yeah it's um, awesome and i have heard him be genuinely nice to people yeah he's um, he's not a monster <laughs> he just will act like a monster sometimes in debates he can be kind discussions of yeah. just because he's gone through so much of it that yeah you know, he's yeah not gonna put up with anything yeah but anyway yeah Anyways, super check him out. yeah so matt dillahunty i have heard him go off about and talk about all the reasons why someone suffering for someone else's sins is immoral. That yeah. just doesn't make sense. Um, Definitely. Now, uh, yeah, I don't really want to get into the whole. Yeah, we don't have Christian to go thing. too I mean, far down that rabbit that's hole. All it of... is just again worth mentioning that it's like, wait, why? What? This is weird. I'm confused. I don't understand this. Like. We've talked plenty about how confusing the plan is in previous podcasts. Oh, yeah. We don't have to re-bring up how confusing it is. We're just, every time we see it, I'm just going to point it out. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why? Yep. Yeah. Now. Leave that for you. Okay. So here's the fourth part. Yeah. And like I said earlier. Um, confusing and convoluted. So. Yeah. A lot of stuff we've talked about so far has been confusing and convoluted. So this first part when it or this fourth part sorry in the come follow me uh like guides whatever it's called it says i can avoid spiritual blindness by focusing on the savior then it says as jacob sought to turn his people more completely to the lord he warned them not to be spiritually blind and not to despise the gospel's words of plainness so we have talked about before, and we were kind of holding the Book of Mormon to this standard of being plain and easy to understand. Nephi made right. it really clear that what he is writing mm-hmm. is easy to understand. He's writing it's, God's messages, and it's plain and simple truths. Yeah, and if we ignore the fact that they chose to do it, or Joseph Smith chose to do it in King James English, which was the worst choice ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um I think only the language used by Locke in his works is worse. Um, Because at least King James English and the Book of Mormon has periods. Locke will go on for pages before using a period. And that's just awful. Anyway. Semantics aside of... Yeah. Um, So far, it hasn't been super obvious. So the gospel's words of plainness, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing the plainness. Most of the time, I'm confused by it. And to be charitable, I think you could make the argument that, you know, you have to be more acquainted with King James English and, like, you maybe would have had to live in that time to kind of be able to pick up on it quickly. Except, except (laughs) there was that part where Nephi said, God will speak to you in a language that you understand. Oh, yeah, that's true. So... It should just be universally understandable. it (laughs) it, It shouldn't be so convoluted that I need to study... I need to go get, like, a degree in King James English in order to understand what's going on. Right. Um, Again, I'm not trying to prop myself up in saying this, but, I mean, I've read a lot of philosophy. Mm -hmm. I have a pretty high reading level, right? I'm probably in the top 99th or 95th percentile like a lot of philosophy is really hard to read just because for similar reasons yeah not everyone is an amazing writer and can put complex ideas on a paper in an easy to understand way so you got to really work for it and you got to dig and like spend time re 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 reading things and right and this is worse than most of it (laughs) it's worth and and even when i feel like i get the concepts 
and I understand what is being written, yeah. even then it's like, wait, why would you write that? Why would you say that? What, what is the logic behind this thought? It doesn't yeah. always make sense. And, and just one big thing that I've hated and you've brought up in the past that is just like, why is this happening? Why are they talking about this? I'm confused because we're getting beside the point. Is yeah. They mention over and over and over that like, oh, I don't have a lot of room in these plates. So I got to cut some of the history. I can't say yes. things. And it's like maybe at this point, 30 verses, 40 verses total have been spent on Probably just... Probably more than that. Because I feel just like... writing the fact that they can't write a lot. Well, because... And then how hard it is to write on these plates and like, it's really important. It's like, why do you keep bringing that up? You know? But... Yeah. Yeah. It's so Book of Jacob 1 looks like... The first three verses are almost strictly just saying yeah, the same things that Nephi said in both of his books at every chapter, basically. I, I think it says it like three or four times more in, in three and four. Yeah. No, he um, keeps highlighting that. Over and over. Um, this is just for important things, not the history right. of our people. To, oh. It's like, gotcha. I kind of understood that the first ten times you said it. Yeah. Why are you inscribing these words on metal plates? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. It seems like anyone reading this probably would have read Nephi's work as, as well and, mm -hmm. and gets it. Because yeah. it's not like everyone has access to these plates. It's like right. the priests. Well, and that's the crazy thing, though, because Jacob was obviously had read it read the stuff nephi had put down he better have he sh maybe maybe he was just like all right nephi said no, no, a lot no, no, so no, it must no, be no, important. no let's <laughs> let's assume he read it because if he didn't read it well, no he just... did read it i'm just saying because nephi said it so much maybe oh. he was thinking oh i should follow suit and it's obligatory at this point that you just keep mentioning <laughs> seems like god would have instructed him otherwise once he kept seeing <sighs> you it would happening. hope so God be like, oh, seeing by the as, way, you can stop writing that. Seeing as God also said this should be plain and simple and, you know, yeah, easy to understand. But yeah, anyway, that one, anyway. one of many reasons why it's just confusing and annoying to get through. Right. But that's not actually my, my main point. It's right. annoying, but it's not my main <laughs> point. So, okay. It, it's along the lines of my main point. But so to elucidate us, Elder Quentin L. Cook warned of similar problems in our day. And he says... There is a tendency among some of us to look beyond the mark rather than to maintain a testimony of gospel basics. We do this when we substitute the philosophies of men for gospel truths. Engage in gospel extremism, blah, 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 blah. Okay, okay. I really want to harp on this point because they elucidate this even further um, in a section on uh, where to go. Where to go. Oh, so I'm, I'm now turning to Looking Beyond the Mark, Enzyme, March 2003, uh, by, again, Elder Quentin L. Cook. So he he has these four different things that are, are bad. It's gospel extremism, substituting the philosophies of men for gospel truths, heroic gestures, and um, if elevating rules over doctrine. So the two I want to focus on real quick are substituting the philosophies of men for gospel truths. And second, um, elevating the rules of over doctrine. So, okay, substituting the philosophies of men for gospel truths. Uh, so one of the first thing he says in his paper is um, 
further up. He talks about the Apostle Paul going to Athens. And he talks about, uh, you know, the account mentions the Stoics and Epicureans and how the Epicureans were hedonists who considered pleasure as the highest good. First of all, I just need to point out something real big. This is a huge nitpicky thing, but after taking a course on ancient Greek philosophy, it's really bothering me. Okay. Epicurus himself, uh, while he was a hedonist, it wasn't like, oh, let's just go do cocaine, have sex, and eat good food all day. His idea of, he- of hedonism was right. avoiding the things that cause pain. Right. So he actually thinks the best life lived would consist of eating barley cakes and water. Barley cakes are literally, it's just barley flour rolled up in a ball. It has no taste. It's awful. (laughs) Awful. But that was his idea of hedonism. He, it was give up all the luxuries and stuff and just do, do the plain and simple, really simple. What's not bad. Yeah. Which I want to point out is basically what Jesus was teaching, especially to that, like that young rich man. who's like, well, give up all your wealth and come follow me. Right. So, actually, Epicurus himself... A lot of influence, potentially. Yeah. That that being said, there were plenty of Epicureans who came later following in Epicurus's footsteps that were the traditional kind of, like, gluttonous hedonists. Right, right. That's fair. Anyways, that was just a big pet peeve. Hated that part. Bothered me a lot. (laughs) Um, But more importantly, let's, let's talk about this thing about substituting the philosophies of men for gospel truths. What does that even mean? So my first take on that is um, maybe reading too far into what the message should be and then, you know, having this really convoluted, complex philosophy around some gospel truth that maybe isn't actually the gospel truth. So, you know, building it out further potentially or... I, Making it convoluted. Know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's what he's getting at. So in the first, he has a big header. It says, substituting the philosophy of men for gospel truth. It says, mm-hmm. and he starts off the sentence or the paragraph. Some people seem to be embarrassed by the simplicity of the Savior's message. They want to add complexity. First of all. I've never met anyone who has been embarrassed or even acknowledged that it was simple. <laughs> no. as never something I've ever heard of. Unless they're talking strictly just like love thy neighbor. That's pretty straightforward and simple. For, but first of all, why would you be embarrassed by that? As no. A, just because the sentence is short and the point is concise does not mean... I've Like, regardless of whether you should or should not be embarrassed, I've never met anyone. All of my 18 years going to church yeah. in Salt Lake area and then also um, Southern Utah area, like, never. Never. Never, never. And, and let's... The philosophical use of the word some is right, at least one. At least one. But okay. the point is, it's not a common enough problem that we've heard about it. Why? Yeah. Why is he spent like, okay, there's one dude who is like, no, this is just too simple. I don't, <laughs> I need something complex. I need to yeah. think hard. How about do you, things. how do you get through the scriptures and like, man, that was way too simple. I cannot believe it's not like four times longer. Like this is embarrassing. Okay. Boomer. What? <laughs> Uh, no, like, yeah, really. And, and then who would be embarrassed by it? Like really yeah, though, surely that's a point in your favor. And especially the philosophies of men from what I've read in philosophy, it's almost always trying to make things simple and boil it down. Right. That's the golden standard. 
Occam's razor, right, is basically like as yeah. long as you keep the same explanatory power, the more simple explanation is the better explanation. Right. As long as you can explain everything. Like, right, because there's less points of potential failure right yeah there's less places where you could go wrong so that's you know from a probabilistic argument you're more likely to be right yeah just I, simpler is better simpler I is easier i would be 100 percent the best christian anyone has ever said as anyone has ever met if the bible consisted of one sentence <laughs> love thy neighbor if that was it if you're like yes <laughs> i'm so down for that when it gets to like thou shalt not kill oh wait these people are worshiping a calf kill all of them that's when i start going on hundreds of oh. pages of exceptions and convolution and mm-hmm. you know it's just everywhere it, does, yeah. it doesn't doesn't help it doesn't help anyone no when you have to spend forever to get the message across you have to just devote a lifetime studying <laughs> like the fact the bible study is a thing <laughs> that just proves it's not simple right you have to study the crap out of it you have to spend have so to spend much time just understanding a little bit of it that is not something that is simple and easy to understand yeah so and and um yeah, well, not, never mind. I'm I'm not gonna go there. It's it's frustrating. Kinda, it's not simple. I kind of want you to now. No, really that's fine. There's another thing I want to say. So it, it's yeah, it's not it's not simple. And if it was simple, who who who's complaining? Like that? Who's being embarrassed? Like, oh no, my philosophy's not. It's it's too easy to understand. Long enough to be a dissertation. Oh no, people and, can read it and not be pulling their hair out. To be fair, the uh, what do they call them? The uh, the people who would walk around Greece before Socrates showed up, who just walk around Greece pretending to be all smart and stuff. Uh, the sophists, the sophists. Uh, so these are the guys who would these oh, these are like the yeah. the the motivate. These are the uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Peter, not Peter Jensen. He's gotten real famous, but Matt Dillahunty slammed him hard for being an idiot. Oh, Peter. Now that you said the uh, wrong last name. <laughs> no. Well, but people like Ben Shapiro and all these like Milo Yiannopoulos or whatever his name is. These guys pretend to be smart. But really, once you do some. Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> I had it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm saying, right? It's like yeah. these guys pretend to be smart. But I, I've watched plenty of videos of once you do some really basic philosophical analysis of what they're actually saying there it just falls apart and that, yeah, well, that's what the sophists were doing a lot of times they're not saying anything they're just dancing they're doing yeah. this tricky dance that sounds clever right and when you untwist it all and you're left with nothing you're like wait what yeah and and yeah. so there are definitely people who want to have complexity so that they can make themselves look smart well and that's kind of the one of the other reasons why complexity is so dangerous is if if you can't just say what you mean and anyone can just be like oh yeah i understand then it's easier for you to come like a, a trickster or a charlatan or someone who's yeah. you know spinning this you know weird message that actually isn't a message but they just want people to follow them they'll you know, a, you know. a charlatan huh <laughs> i didn't say it you're thinking it i didn't yeah. say it <laughs> no that's exactly what they do they make the message more complicated more harder to understand so that you're sitting there dazed by all their fancy words and their language and you, you, you kind of feel like you understand what they're saying and you're kind of nodding along and then then they've got you hooked right yeah and really they're not saying anything they're just making something right dumb or simple more complicated to add more weight or sound more clever yeah. but it's not clever 
It's not clever. It's it dangerous. Falls apart. It's dangerous to have complicated messages. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so along anyway. with that. Yeah. Okay. So so we've just. I feel like we've fairly established that either a, the the gospel is simple and no one finds that embarrassing. I don't know who would find that embarrassing. I've never met anyone. Or B, it is complicated and I don't know what the heck Elder Quinton well, yeah. L. Cook Elder is Quinn getting L. Cook at. Elder Quinton Cook is clearly stating it's simple. It's simple and people are embarrassed. I so reject either he's that. wrong or or it's Or our experiences, both of our experiences I just do not and, align with that at all. We're doing something wrong. We're doing I mean, I've met a lot of people. A lot of people are doing something wrong. Right. <laughs> um yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's those two things, those are the options. Yeah. So, regardless, I don't think he's right about that. Is is my point. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but moving on. Um. Uh, he goes down. He talks about gospel extremism. Um, and heroic gestures as a substitute. So really, that's just getting at. Hey, it's the day to day living. Uh, you know, just being nice to the lady you meet in the store is sometimes like doing that every day is more important than doing one heroic gesture of a lifetime, which I actually, I, I kind of get. Yeah. yeah. Do, do things consistently. I, 100% agree with. That's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. That's good. Um, now where it gets confusing and potentially really problematic, if he didn't already have a create problems by saying the doctrine is simple he's getting himself into some really hot water now okay Mm -hmm. so this is the the section headlined elevating rules over doctrine again we are in enzyme march 2003 looking beyond the mark so he says um the savior was concerned when others elevated rules over doctrine he said in matthew 23 23 Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You pay tithe, but you don't uh, pay attention to law, judgment, mercy, and faith. So they were like following the rules, but they weren't doing, they it didn't have the heart. The spirit of the law, right? Yeah. It was the letter, but not the spirit. Right. Um, okay. So we already have that it's simple, right? So he's making the case that it's simple and easy to understand, right? Mm-hmm but that some people are taking those simple rules and making them convoluted and hard to follow. Right. The Pharisees and the scribes. Right. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, elder Quentin and L cook is now quoting, um, elder Bruce R McConkie of the quorum of the 12 apostles. I really like saying his last name. I'm not trying to diss mm-hmm. on him. It's just kind of funny. McConkie. McConkie. Yeah. It, it feels good in the mouth. <laughs> feels feels good. I want to get that word. I want to get him in my get mouth. Your McConcon. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so he said. Okay. So as I said, Elder Cook is now quoting Elder McConkie. They took the plain and simple things of pure religion and added to them a host of their own interpretations. They embellished them with added rites and performances, and they took a happy, joyous way of worship and turned it into a restrictive, curtailing, depressive system of rituals and performances. The living spirit of the Lord's law became in their hands the dead letter of Jewish ritualism. Pause. Pause. (laughs) Pause. Yeah. If I was reading an article... 
from, I don't know, say an anti-Mormon literature or something. I could take that, that, that quote that I just read and put it in an anti-Mormon article and it would not seem out of place. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, uh, that 100% sums up, in my mind at least, the kind of current culture of Mormonism. Yeah. And and I would take a gander that that was kind of the original Mormonism was, you know, taking some Christianity or some, you know, taking the Bible and then brewing an added layer to have your own twist on it for yeah. a weird ritualistic way to get more wives or something like that's super yeah. what it feels like. That's what it feels like. Um, and, and it's not simple. It, no. it, if it was really just love thy neighbor, then why do I have to essentially go through an interview, which many people have referred to it as like an interrogation? Why do I have to go yeah. through an interview to get a special membership card to go to a temple where everything is secret and they have all these crazy rituals <laughs> that you can't have your family attend your wedding at? Yeah. I that If that doesn't stink of convolution and ritual is like it's literally rituals right the the this weird ritualistic things these weird way you have to go about doing it this weird place you have to be in to yeah. do it this weird handshake you have to do to do you it. you have to memorize special handshakes all of these things that is exactly what he's claiming is the opposite of what he's claiming like yeah his church that he's defending is the pinnacle of that i would right. say like, there are some cults out there, sure, that maybe do weird ritualistic stuff that is way beyond this. But it's in the terms of hard most to modern, find something commonplace more. kind of religions, Mormonism feels like the biggest accentuation of um, culty or, like, ritualistic yeah. weirdness. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, so, like, convolutions. I grew there. up in Hinduism, which mm -hmm. the set of scriptures for Hinduism just absolutely dwarfs um any western religion yeah it's so big i was even talking to my philosophy professor like a lot of them have very similar names and we didn't even know which uh volume we were each referencing in this conversation <laughs> he was referencing an entirely different like 40 thing volume of scriptures than i was <laughs> um let me ask you, what was the name of the it, two so you were the, there's, confused about? There's the Bhagavad Purana, the Bhagavad Gita, the Bhagavatam. They all have very similar names. Mm. And sometimes those names are interchangeable because a lot of them just mean like the song of God, the word of God. So sometimes even the same name will be applied to different scriptures. Right. And then on top of that, a lot of time what happens is different saints and gurus within Hinduism will add a commentary. So you can read a commentary by A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. You can also read a commentary by his guru, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati. They don't disagree on things, but the two books are going to have a... They're going to be very, very different. different they'll, they'll have the verses or... from the original scripture, but then they'll have a whole bunch of added commentary. Mm -hmm. And this is what we see in like books, uh, the New Testament is basically a bunch of commentary by St. Paul on christ's message right well it's kind of also like the enzymes right Messages yeah. from the prophet it's yeah the same thing but they're really dense and there's tons of them so my point is my point in saying this is that hinduism is really big and complicated mm -hmm. but it's all easy to access there's no secrets there's nothing weird there's rituals the rituals are fairly easy to learn you can go print i could print out 
a thing for the ritual you could do it yourself it's not really that hard it, it might be what um, you should say the 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 plain and simple things of pure religion <laughs> yeah and then just furthermore god actually points out how easy it is you don't have to do all these extra rituals you you do in hinduism if you want to like appease a certain god you do need to do certain rituals mm-hmm. um but if you want to appease appease the supreme lord right so not just the god of rain but the guy who is in charge of the god of rain it's really 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 easy he makes it really clear he just says if you worship me with love and devotion just you can offer me something as simple as a leaf or a glass of water and i'll accept it don't it doesn't have to be complicated yeah so why then is it less complicated and more plain and simple and pure religion to require a million billion dollar i don't know somewhere in that range temple to get baptized in this holy water on oxen of gold yeah to be and then do that for dead people and do that for yourself like what yeah why and it's a secret and you can't go unless you follow a bunch of rules right you got to get interrogated all the stuff we already mentioned yeah but just any one of those points is enough for me to say this is not simple this is not plain and simple worship yeah this is way too many bells and whistles and yeah weird dances you got to do to literally get to it literally there's probably weird dances I haven't been at the temple, so I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if you had to um, do some series of footwork d- at one point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, there's anything, the crazy but... handshake. I've never been, so like... I've only ever seen videos, and I know this is like the extreme of blasphemy, but I've seen videos people have like taken in pocket recorders yeah, and gone yeah. through certain rituals in the temple. There's some weird things. They all look like um, bakers, in my opinion. The outfits they wear. <laughs> Have you noticed white. that they wear like they wear the apron and then like the chef hat, the, lo- the the lopsided chef hat. The men, the men. Okay, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> it just that's weird, that was the creepy. Thing. Well, and another one of the things. Uh, this maybe is a little beside the point, but I just get this impression growing up and now realizing it how how much of a sexual pedophile slant there is on this. Hmm. As a young Constantly. person. You go into this temple with 30, 40 other young people. Mm-hmm. There's like maybe two adults chaperoning you all. Yeah. And you're in this building full of really old people walking around with like s- simple, um, the the dress where you have like you're in a jumpsuit. Like you got to go oh, in this yeah. weird room, change yeah. into this white jumpsuit. Like it, it feels like I've had I've heard accounts of women who who've done this and they just feel kind of the dr- the dress they have to wear is awkward and weird and everyone yeah. just feels uncomfortable and then there's just these yeah. old people wearing similarly weird kind of clothing just watching over you it's like <laughs> if I didn't know any better that super feels like a rapey situation like, yeah if and... you're chosen you get pulled into the back and you get raped and then you know well so told that it's god's work or something like back in the 80s they did make a change i think it was the 80s they did make a change to one of the rituals so there was a part where you had to be naked yeah and there was this sheet and through the sheet they wouldn't stick their hand like they wouldn't touch you directly but they would the, the sheet would be between their hand and the man or the woman and a lot of women ended up complaining about that and the ritual this this special god commanded ritual did end up getting changed yeah because a lot of people were feeling violated by people touching their private parts because they were being violated and yep. if that doesn't scream to you this was actually just made by a a sex 
predator trying to get women into his sex dungeon, which was his temple, to just have more sex and do weird things. It's like, oh, no, it's God's work. I'm just lathering this oil on your breasts. Don't worry. It's God's wish. Yeah, like, and... It's just crazy convolution complications. It's not pure and simple religion. It is weird. Right. Yep. And and, and this kind of <laughs> goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like, it's really confusing and hard to understand if we accept it as the word of God. But if we accept it as a, a pervert... Makes sense. Oh, 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 this all fits together perfectly. And, and just to add a quick point there, um, because I know some people might look at this what we're doing our conversations are saying it's really hard to understand like they might try to call us out for ourselves making it more complicated than it is and like doing this dance and we're the charlatans and but i'm going to tell you this is exactly the same sort of process we do in philosophy classes right you get a book it's really hard to understand you do the dance you like dig into it you pull out specific references you see if it makes sense internally like you do all yeah. the stuff we're doing it's the same exact process so we're not we don't have this different standard for religious texts we're we're using our our philosophy understanding and knowledge that we've learned as best as we can to try and understand it and it's still just and that's not to say that other people who haven't taken philosophy courses can't do this no you can't yeah but for sure but if they claim it simple right yeah. And I ask them a simple question about it mm-hmm. and they can't answer it easily without going into more convoluted things that I can then <laughs> follow up with more simple questions. That is, I, I want I, anyone. Yeah. Just rethink, rethink your position yeah. maybe. Well, and especially, and again, not to boost us up too much, but we've specifically taking philosophy courses. We've been training for understanding like being able to look at a book and understand it yeah so if anything is simple i'm not saying we're the best philosophers we're not even close but someone who's at least spent some time practicing should you know also feel like it's simple yeah because not only should it be simple for just a child you know um who has undergone no sort of specific training they should just be able to understand but also especially someone who has been practicing a lot but should be very simple like you said the fact that scripture study exists. Yeah. I mean, how many, so all throughout high school, you can go to seminary and study the scriptures. Yeah. And then all throughout college, you can go to seminary. In addition to your college classes, I mean, they have mm-hmm. the Institute building right next to our campus. Yep. So it's not like they are, no one's actually claiming that this is simple. They're claiming you need to have an expert teacher guide you through how to read this yeah. stuff. At least an hour a day for years and years of like you going through really deep and asking questions and they'll clarify like, yeah, what? That, and that's not and simple. We've been trying to go to sources like Quentin L. Cook here. We're not just like, uh, isolating ourselves from no. what they think like we're not just yeah we're not just sticking to the scriptures as much as that would be ideal we're like you know going to enzyme stuff seeing what the prophets are saying about it yeah and it's still just it's not simple it's not simple and it actually just ends up getting worse in yeah. a lot of cases and you know what the, the worst part of this is i think being a good person is pretty simple yeah <laughs> it's not hard there are some finer nuances that you can get into debates about like weird situations Trolley when you problems, talk about i guess but like yeah well yeah like what do you do if someone attacks you like sure but in general sure. just try to be nice and uh yeah golden rule is a pretty good starter yeah um, and and i think you can get like, pretty far with that one 
if if my bishop was listening to this right now, I think he'd be like, yeah, they're hitting it. Yeah, just be good people. Here's what I'd say to him. Okay, but we don't get to go to heaven just by being good, or we don't get to go to the highest tier mm-hmm. of heaven just by being good people. Yeah. Why? What? Again, like we've talked about this earlier today, I think podcasts ago. Yeah. It When you contrive the, or you, you find these examples, we talked about whoredom today, where really the difference between a whore and a regular sanctioned by God person is the thumbs up from God. Yeah. Like, it's not about the content. It's not about the golden rule or doing it. It's about just obedience to, you know, this sky daddy. Yeah. Um, That's what it seems like. And if anyone wants to argue with us, please, I don't know, yeah. shoot us an email. We'll, I'm, we'll I'm listening. Email um, I'm actively, again, I, I might have mentioned this before, but I didn't fall away from the church because I had any problem with hating it or, you know, disagreed with anything inherently. I just didn't I realized I didn't have a good reason to believe in it. Like faith yeah. wasn't doing it for me. If there is a good reason to believe in it and it's actually all true, then personally I think that kind of sucks. But I'm my my ears are open. I'm listening, right? I'm waiting for someone to explain to me why. And um, and I have gone to I so I'll go to church sometimes and I'll talk to my bishop about it. And he's got a PhD and he's a bishop. So it seems like if anyone yeah, knows right. he should be able to explain it. And a lot of times this is his answer. Well, you know, I have questions too, and I hope that God will answer them when I get to heaven. Right. The it's whole, like, whoa! God works in mysterious ways, or you just got to have faith. Like, it, it boils down to that a lot of the times. I mean, I guess that's a simple doctrine. You don't understand anything until <laughs> later. <laughs> yeah, plain and simple. <laughs> but then it's like, well, then... That's not a doctrine. That's... That's just you, yeah, That's skepticism. Things that's, are complicated. You don't know things. And you can't know things. <laughs> yeah, so it's just mind-boggling when you simultaneously hold the position of i know the things and then <laughs> you can't actually know the things yep it's like we agree with one of those things <laughs> this is the other one that seems to contradict the thing we agree on that i have a problem with how yeah, do you it's... know those other things <laughs> it's, bad. It's, it, so bad. it's really bad um yeah <sighs> i'm just frustrating because again it is that the irony that they're literally saying it's simple it's easy to understand um it's plain and simple religion while being the pinnacle of convolution and ritualistic and really? and saying themselves really? they will say to your face you just said you sometimes have questions you just don't know god works in mysterious ways it's like you can't hold those two things simultaneously really those directly contradict it's simple and it's complicated and you got to you know find out later when we die like no that <laughs> it's called hypocrisy it's called contradiction yeah it's called logical absurdity like i don't it's get bad. it and and i do really find it funny that they think that again i would just love to post that quote from mcconkey in some kind of like anti-mormon yeah way <laughs> and they'd be like oh by the way that was well the and you, wait, you should that. wait until some mormons come along and try to rebuff it right rebuke it and you just see what they say, because I'm sure people would be like, no, that's not true, because this it's, and this. It's a dirty trick. And then, yeah, you put, like, actually, this was uh, McConkie said it, so, you know. And then what do you say to that? Oh, well, because they clearly are following almost all of those things that he outlined, the Mormon, the Mormon churches. It's complicated. It's Yeah. So what do they say? They say, well, you know, not all, sometimes prophets get things wrong, or sometimes important people get things wrong. So you're saying... 
What are you saying then? Well, are you saying your our... church is complicated? And Yeah. <laughs> that's not a good thing either. Like, if they try contradicting McConkie, that's really bad. If they say... It's so complicated, even the, the, the leaders are getting it wrong. Yeah. And, and aren't aware it's complicated. Yeah. So... <laughs> or, or, I guess maybe he's just so intelligent that, you know, his group of friends, they just think it's simple, but... It's simple, guys. We'll no explain it to you. Come to no our special else. buildings that are simple and easy to understand. And you have to take off your clothes at certain points and get rubbed down with sacred oil. Um, <laughs> like, hold up. <laughs> that sounds like not plain and simple religion. That actually, yeah. again, seems like a sex cult. No, plain and simple religion is uh, like what the, um, the born-again Christians are. I think that's pretty plain and simple. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it. Oh, Because they, they run into plenty of contradictions, but it's believe it's in Jesus. simpler than this. That's it. It's just believe in Jesus. Yeah. They, they literally, there's no, there's no, you don't even have to understand it. They walk into contradictions all the time. I got, I had a guy arguing, I was arguing with a born again Christian. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I know the argument I just told you was a circular argument. Doesn't matter. Just believe. <laughs> right. And I was like, at least they admit what? it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like. That's simplicity still an issue, right there. but it's a lot simpler. Yeah, like, plain and simple. They don't care. Yeah, just as long as you could have their doctrine in like a single page, a pamphlet yeah. or something. Believe in Christ. One done. And done. <laughs> right. Do you believe it? And You're so there. that was that was the last paragraph of this Enzyme article that I just love because it's completely asinine. He says again, this just kind of follows the other asinine things that. Uh, Elder Cook was saying. So he says, one of the great challenges of this life is... Okay, what do you think he's going to say? Without looking, one of the great challenges of this life... What do I think he should say or would say? Yeah, what, what, would, what would make sense? One of the what greatest are... challenges of this life is understanding that freaking book. <laughs> okay, or, uh, understanding scriptures. That's hard. That's a um, great challenge. S- struggling with... Uh... I don't know. I, I could list off a lot of things, but... Yeah, there's a lot of hard physical things we have to deal with. No, 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 no. None of that. One of the great challenges of this life is to accept Christ for who he is. That... I thought that was simple. <laughs> what are you talking about? Are you a born-again I... Christian? <laughs> like... <laughs> like... <sighs> Okay, 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 okay. So the scriptures are simple and easy to understand. Okay. And it's hard to believe in Christ. (laughs) It's hard. So if they're simple and easy to understand, then the logic should be fairly straightforward. And we should use very little logic because that's the philosophy of man. Yeah, so, well, and understanding who Christ is should be straightforward because the scriptures are simple. So understanding who Christ was and what he did was simple. Yeah. So why is that a challenge? I've never had a problem accepting that Trump is the president of the United States. No. I don't like it. No, sure. You can have issues with it, but it's easy to kind of understand. It's really easy to accept. That's the state of the fact and it's the state of the matter, right? Like, so it's not, they can't just simply say, well, you don't like that Christ is your savior. No, that's not it. <laughs> it's just that I need better evidence than what you've provided. Right. I have really good evidence that Trump is the president. Sucks, but it is what it is. Sure. Your evidence that Christ is our Redeemer and Savior? First of all, if that's true, it brings a whole host of problems. Right, but we're not there yet. We're not we're just, there yet. Like, I plain and simple don't understand your plain and simple doctrine. Yep. Um, 
So Pretty he simple. first says that it's plain and simple and easy to understand. And you shouldn't interject it and make it complex with the philosophies of men. And then says, accepting this is the it's hardest actually thing. actually really hard. <laughs> um, in the same article. In the same he article. He plays both sides of the same coin. So, God. and maybe his follow-up to that clears things up. When Christ, when he is the foundation for all that we do and are, we avoid the theological blindness that results from looking beyond the mark and we reap the glorious blessings so if we just build everything on christ then we won't be blinded and it'll be easy to understand i guess so maybe we should just throw out all those scriptures and just no, be but born the Christi- again christian the, the scriptures are the words of christ so that would be building the foundation on christ but they're not simple man <laughs> He says they are. The Book of Mormon itself says it is. Uh, And I, I, I even went to seminary for three years or something. Oh, oh, and that's the thing. I've debated when I was eighteen. I, I would, I called up the missionaries instead of them knocking on my door. I called up the missionaries and said, Mm -hmm. "Hey, could I get an appointment?" At eighteen, talking to other eighteen-year-olds, me having never read the Book of Mormon. I was asking, constantly asking them questions that were stumping them. <laughs> and they had done four years of seminary in high school. And then also they go undergo special training in the, what is it called? The, the MTC. MTC, yeah. Missionary Training Center. They, literally, they go right. there for like, what, they two months or something? They literally train and practice and then have a lot of guides and manuals given to them, a lot of protocols. Like, if, if they're not equipped to answer the questions, yeah. the prophet is apparently, you know, uh, on the next level of intelligence or something if he just thinks it's easy but no one else does no one else does and if it is easy like the prophet or this quorum of the 12 says yeah then the 18 year olds who have studied it for four years should be blowing me out of the water yeah instead they were like well we're gonna have to go ask our bishop about that or their their mission president about that and even you go ask the bishop same thing yeah you know what would happen (laughs) they would bring their mission president or bishop or whatever to the meeting and then i would be like they would answer the question with him watching and I'd be like, wait, you didn't catch the main part of the problem. And then the mission president would have to interject and be like, well, what they meant is this. And I'd be like, you're still, and then they would acknowledge that they missed the point and they'd sit there and think like, well, I guess you're just going to have to pray about it and see what God says. It's like, yeah. Oh, okay. I've, I've had similar experiences with, and I think I was 17 or something around the time um, sitting in the bishop's office because that's as a priest that's what you do right you you yeah. meet with a bishop he's kind of your primary school teacher or whatever yeah um, and then also a couple other guys and then all of the people in our age and like just questioning and then everyone is like trying to chime in and like give what they think is the right answer and then you're like well wait that that doesn't actually solve the problem because you missed here and then someone else chimes in like oh this and then after you go through this trail of questioning um, it results in the bishop just being like well gotta have faith in like a really awkward quiet way like no one is sure how to handle these questions because plain and simple it's not plain and simple (laughs) it is one of the most complicated (laughs) things i have ever encountered like no one has answers and the people who supposedly should have answers are just telling you the answers are obvious Uh, and then also simultaneously saying it's really hard (laughs) like (laughs) it's like absurdities within the absurdities like i feel like we've circled around into this realm of it's so extreme 
that even the extremities seem normal with how extreme the new extreme is. Like, I just don't you, even know. What you know that. what it seems like. What? It seems Tell like me. they're charlatans trying to trick us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, we end on that. Like, it's just absurd that uh, it seems pretty obvious that the right answer at this point is Joseph Smith had the sex cult and the sex dungeon. And now we're years later, we're taking it way too far and trying to pretend like it makes sense. And it doesn't. Nope. None of it does. You shouldn't need a book on apologetics if it's simple. No. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap. Yeah. These people are worshiping a calf. Kill all of them. 